Hello. Hello. Someone hears a song at the end credits of a somewhat obscure movie called The Banshee Chapters, starring Ted Levine, who played Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs. They like the song. No, no, they love the song. And with a little curiosity, they look for the artist, and along with him, they find a whole world of creative songwriting and recording. The artist is named Mark Lanover, and there are other people who are asking, Hey, who is this guy? Well, he is what they call an undiscovered genius. Eight LPs, three EPs in less than ten years. Huh? That's prolific, baby. A very private artist. And what you're about to hear is his very first interview ever conducted by Paul Leslie. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my special privilege to welcome our special guest, Mark Lenover. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with me. I think most stories are best from the beginning. Tell us about where you're from and what life was like growing up. I grew up in a rural area near a, a city called Chatham, Ontario. To very loving parents, I was the youngest of three sons. Even at a very young age, I was, I was really interested in art and literature, and it was actually creative writing that first piqued my interest. And it wasn't until I started tagging along with my older brother, who had a, a punk band, and they let me tag along while they rehearsed, and I slowly began to consider music as a, as a possible creative outlet. Once I got to high school, I was invited to be a lead singer in a couple of different local bands. But I actually didn't actually start writing and recording music in earnest until I moved to Hamilton to uh, attend McMaster University, where I, I guess I eventually got a bachelor's degree in English. Initially, I was really hindered by the fact that I didn't know how to play a lot of instruments, really. And even now, I hesitate to call myself a proper musician. But after numerous explorations of the recording process, layering simple elements one on top of another, I, I, I eventually developed a style that I could, I, I could work with. And after I'd written probably more than 100 songs, I finally reached the point where I was comfortable sharing my material with strangers. So I have quite a, a long list of songs that nobody's ever really heard. And I guess if we're going to be talking about just, just what's kind of made me who I am, I, I also have to, to mention that I, I've struggled with mental illness for a good part of my, my childhood and definitely my entire adult life. I, I'd always had uh, problems with anxiety and depression. But roughly four years ago, about a year after I uh, suffered a psychotic breakdown, I was diagnosed with schizophrenia. And if I had to identify the factors that most contributed to kind of shaping my personality into what it is today, I would probably go, you know, with my, my family, the arts, religion, and mental illness. And I realized to some that uh, this, this last factor might be a little bit, bit controversial because you don't want to define yourself by your mental illness. But at the same time, I think I'd be lying if I said it didn't play a significant and I guess, uh, to a certain extent, a, a formative role in, in my personal development. I guess that's kind of me in a nutshell. Sorry for going on. No, no problem. That's what I want you to do. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, there, there's a lot of things there. You mentioned the English that you studied in college. In some of the songs, like you reference A Penny for the Old Guy from T.S. Eliot, do, do you find that literature, English, has that been an inspiration at all to you as a, a songwriter? Oh, very much so. I, I, I found uh, lots of lots of different ways to be very, very inspiring, very stimulating. TSO, it would be one. Samuel Beckett, uh, uh, Sartre. Oh, Dostoevsky is a very big, very big influence on me. Yes, but definitely, to answer your question, yes, very, very much uh, influences uh, what I do. On that note, would you say that you think your strength is in lyrics or is it in melody composition? Well, I'd like to think that I can I can work with both, but I, I guess a lot of the time there's there is a focus on on lyrics. But I hope that I have a knack for at least a little bit for for both. You mentioned a few minutes ago. You said proper musician. Yeah. What do you compose your songs on? What instrument? Well, usually I'll start off with keyboards and just add add things from there using the guitar or uh I do a lot of programming for drums lately but no I, I I didn't always do it that way just adding simple things one on top of another and, until I get the sound I want I guess do you try to write songs is it something you set out to do or does the inspiration find you well I have to admit back in the time when I was in school still and writing material for say uh, the girl in the window or save his houses it was very much an, an inspirational sort of thing. It was just coming right out of me, you know what I mean, without having to force it. But I do admit, lately, it has become a bit more of a, a chore. I need to sit down and, and kind of discipline myself a bit more than I used to have to. Do you find that certain things get inspiration going for you? Certain things are a catalyst? Aside from things like literature and things like that? Yes, sir. Well, I'm not really sure. Besides things I've read and maybe experiences, well, I'm not sure what else I would include in that. Something that I find personally will sometimes start inspiration for me is watching a movie. If I watch a really good movie, sometimes I get all these ideas from it. And when someone looks at your website, you would maybe get the idea that you, Mark, are someone who is a movie fan. Would that be accurate? Yes, that would be very much accurate. Yes, I'm a really big movie fan. What types of movies do you most appreciate? Well, it's funny. My brother and I are both like this. I, I really like, say, kind of foreign art house movies. Like, I'm a big fan of, of Bergman and Fellini and, and Herzog and things like that. But at the same time, I can, I'd can i be perfectly content to sit down and watch something like Robocop or First Blood, too. So, <laughs> it's kind of, I'm, I'm interested in a broad range of <laughs> movies. What is it about those ones you mentioned, the, I guess you could say they're classical filmmakers, Fellini, what about those appeal to you? Different things for different directors. Like Fellini, it's, a, it's such a colorful sort of surrealism that goes through a lot of his work. Bergman, it's just the thoughtfulness, the seriousness, and the, and the sophistication of the, the philosophy that he seems to be trying to communicate to it. It, it depends on which, which director we'd be talking about, I guess. Is surrealism something that you aim for in your songwriting? Um, sometimes, yes. I, I would uh, definitely be lying if I didn't say it came into uh, consideration in, in some of the work. And not always. Sometimes I, I go for a more straightforward approach, but there are some things that are a little bit more abstract, and, and I guess you could call them surreal. There is a movie, The Banshee Chapter, Oh yeah, that features some of your songs. What was your impression of that movie? 
Well, I w- wasn't sure what to expect when I went in, but I was I was pleasantly surprised, I think. I also have a weakness for horror movies. And uh, watching with my oldest brother, we've seen a lot of really bad ones. So our expectations were quite low, but I I was impressed with the way it turned out, really. Did that lead to a lot of exposure for your work? Compared to what I'd been getting, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely probably the source of most of the exposure that I've been enjoying lately. Um, Definitely, yeah. Are you interested, or is there any effort on your part to try to get your music in more soundtracks? I have someone who kind of manages those things, and I think he's pursuing things like that. I, I really wouldn't know how to go to be- go about it my own on my own. I wanted to ask you, you, you mentioned earlier in this interview, you said that religion has had a effect on your work. Are you a religious person? Yes. Yeah, I, I was raised raised in a, a Baptist family, and I, I'm sure you've noticed that throughout a lot of my work, there's a lot of biblical imagery. It's actually one of the things that I kind of want to, I tend to focus on, like I said, as, as I'm sure you probably noticed, I, I would like to help to change people's perceptions of, of religion and, and religious people, because unfortunately it seems as though, and, and I think there's some good reason for this, Many non-believers equate religion with, with hatred or, or obstinate sort of stupidity, and I would like to convince people that that it's not, not necessarily so, and that maybe Christianity in particular would be built more upon unconditional love and, and a more sophisticated moral philosophy than most people would expect. And I try to kind of infuse some of my work with those types of ideas. Do you strive for unconditional love in your life? Yes, in a general sort, it's difficult because you, you begin to wonder whether it's an emotion or a discipline to try to love everyone. Is it an idea or is it a feeling? And it's, a, it's still kind of, it, it, it confuses me and I go back and forth. Mark, do you consider yourself a loving man? Yes, I do think so, yeah. Very good. I wanted to ask you about the inspiration behind a couple of your songs. Okay. Girl in the Window. That's a very interesting piece. Tell us about that. Okay. Well, when when I wrote the entire album, I was in a lot of sort of countercultural classes and gender roles classes and things like that. I was really interested in the way we sort of naturalize learned behaviors that distinguish men from women that aren't biologically based at all, but really just things that we've learned through pop culture. And it was about, that specific song was about an intensely misogynistic psychopath, basically, who's taken all these elements of heteronormative masculinity and he's taken them to extremes. And he's this dangerous mixture of of narcissism and low self-esteem and paranoia. And it's just, it revolves around these, these types of contrasting ideas and this confusion and the hatred that, that eventually flows from that type of mindset. What was the catalyst for you writing It Howls? It was actually based, uh, very loosely, on a story of a haunted sanatorium. And I kind of used it as, as, a, as a metaphor for, for the... Uh, for the womb, it didn't work entirely, but yes, it, like the, the the specific imagery that I I used was was taken from the story I'd read about a, a haunted sanitarium. 
What do you find compelling about that topic? I have to admit, I've, uh, I mean, just on a more superficial level, I've always been kind of a sucker for a ghost story. And as far as like uh, the other uh, sort of themes I mentioned, they were they fit more in with the the rest of the album in a more uh, a metaphorical way. Interesting. There's a song that I, in particular, uh, on a personal level, I found it a very very intriguing song. Molly had a little lamb. Oh yeah. Tell us about the writing of that one. Well, that one was, I, I guess it was about, I mean, how I would imagine it might feel to be underappreciated as a woman in, in a sort of stereotypical family relation dynamic. I mean, I can't ever possibly know what that would actually feel like, but it was me kind of my sort of conjecture as to how that that might feel and how discouraging it might be. And what about your song, Burn Me Down? What inspired that? Well, that is, I tend to associate certain ideas with songs that I've written. And when I go back and really scrutinize them, I realize I haven't expressed them as clearly or as completely as I wished I had. But what Burn Me Down was meant to be was basically a condemnation of sort of self-centeredness and a sort of arrogance and trying to embrace humility, trying to think of others other than yourself and to, to try to tear down your own ego, basically. As an artist, do you think that it's more important to have confidence or humility? As an artist, I do need confidence as an artist. I've discovered that I kind of lack that a lot of the time. But, I mean, humility, I would say, was important as well as far as the actual artistic process. But the confidence is what you need to get people to maybe pay attention to. You mentioned that there's a bit of focus on the lyric writing for you. When you're listening to other people's music, are you more moved by the music or what the words are? I would say, really, it would have to be a combination of both most of the time. I mean, I can appreciate something that's just lyrically sort of interesting, but it's, it's best when both are in, in play, I think. I want you to tell us a little bit about the making of the album, The Wreckage. Okay. What was going on when this album came to be? Well, I guess to start with, as I mentioned, I did have a psychotic breakdown about five years ago. And when I first came home, I, I came back to live where, where I'd grown up. That's when I wrote Dead the Beast, Dead the Poison. And I had been diagnosed with what they, they just called nonspecific psychosis. So I didn't have a final diagnosis yet. So that was, that was written during that period. And about a year into treatment, I was diagnosed with schizophrenia, and that's when I started writing The Wreckage. Because it was kind of the culmination of a lot of song, songs and projects that revolved around psychological problems, and it, it culminated in The Wreckage when I'd, I'd finally received a recognizable diagnosis, and I was finally finding treatment that was working, so I kind of went back, and, and that's what that whole album was about. You also are a visual artist. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> what is it that gets you in the frame of mind to start to paint or to draw? I don't do it very often, to tell you the truth. Sometimes when maybe I'm having a hard time with music or, or I'm having trouble getting something down, I might try to do some doodles or, or uh, start drawing and, and doing a few designs then just to kind of change things up a little bit. The songs that you've written, have they all been written entirely by yourself, or have you ever co-written? All the songs under the name Mark Lenover, I, I wrote myself, except for a few trombone parts from a friend of mine named Rob Porter. 
he helped me with a couple songs. But for the most part, yes, it's all ones that I've, I've written myself. But I have collaborated when I was a singer in a couple of bands when I was in my late teens. Do you prefer to write by yourself? What I think I'd find to be ideal would be that I, I would like to come up with the, the the general song, but have like the lyrics and the, the general structure, but have people who were specialized in specific instruments. I mean, ideally, I could get, get them to contribute and, and kind of flesh it out a bit more than I often do by myself. One of the things that I found the most interesting is you're very, very prolific. You have eight albums, three EPs. Why so prolific? What What is it that makes you create so much? I kind of mentioned it before. I mean, especially, I'd say, six to eight years ago, things I was just really having a lot of ideas. And I was just trying to get them, get them down before I, I lost them, I guess. I would say more recently, things have slowed down, but I, I'm still always working on something. What do you want to happen? What is it that you're goal is with all of this? Well, ideally, I would like to, I I mean, I'm not searching for fame and fortune, but I would like to find a way to subsist just on earnings from music. And and I would also like to continue doing what I'm doing, but maybe I would like a a little bit more. I don't need the moon, but. (laughs) But you kind of enjoy anonymity a little bit. I am a very private person. Yeah. Private. What is the best thing about being Mark Lenover? The best thing about being Mark Lenover? Well, I mean, one of the big things that has really helped me and has definitely made my life much better is just just my family. I'm extremely blessed when it comes to my family. And I'm also very glad to have, I'm glad I have a sense of purpose. I have, I'm glad I have something to work, work at and work towards. Very important. For anyone that is listening to this, wherever they are, what would you like to say to those who are listening? Well, I mean, there are a couple things, a couple ideas that I just want people to maybe uh, think about. Not necessarily, I don't need to tell them something, but like, like to begin with, I would like to encourage everyone to take the time, and, and this is something that comes up quite, quite a bit in my latest album, to critically examine the way in which the mass marketing and, and popular culture seek to kind of shape and manipulate our personalities. I mean, it's difficult to, to market to an individual, and it's much easier and more efficient to market to a type of person. And, and therefore, marketers want to fit as many people as possible into the fewest possible categories. And I just want to encourage people not necessarily, necessarily to allow themselves to be reduced to an easily manageable stereotype. And another big thing that I, I, I'm often writing about and I want people to kind of think about maybe is I'd like to help challenge some of the some of the misconceptions uh, surrounding mental illness, and I want to kind of reach out through some of my work anyway to others who are suffering from mental illness to remind them that they're not alone and that they have a legitimate and treatable illness, and that healing is possible. And I kind of want to give people. I mean, I know a lot of my uh, material is very dark, but at the same time, I want to give people sort of comfort and hope. And I want to uh, maybe speak maybe for people who are in a similar situation but have trouble sort of expressing themselves. And I, I want to kind of work that way as well. You are a true artist, Mark. Oh, thank you very much for saying so. Well, my last question is seemingly simple. Who is Mark Lenover? I think, like I said earlier, I am a mixture of a handful of factors. I mean, every human being is more complicated than just that. But if I had to boil it down, I am, I, I hope, uh, an artist. I, I don't know remains to be seen how good, but an artist. My religion has played a very important part in my development. 
and my family, as I've mentioned earlier. And really, I think the, the biggest biggest part is I just need to continue on is being an artist and expressing myself to people who maybe haven't had the same experiences that I have. Well, sir, thank you very much for this interview. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate it very much. Well, thank you, too. Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepaulleslie.com. That's thepaulleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primerano, the entertainer, written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primerano, the traditional song, Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie. And we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour.